Welcome to Draw One Last Breath Horror Podcast. My name's Matt. And I'm Paul. On the 76th episode, we will be reviewing the movie The Power from Shudder. And uh, something to scream about, we will be discussing animals in horror slash maybe pets. And not only that, we have our movie from the vault that Paul picked out of the bag last week, Night of the Living Dead. How's it going, mate? You right? Yes, fucking great, mate. What a fucking pick, if I do say so myself. Of course it is, but don't don't let all the cats out of the bag. Well, you know, it's clever. A little bit of, you know, pun humour for our something to scream about. But it's great, mate. What, what's, uh, what's been crackalacking? What have you been doing for the last couple of weeks? Um, not a lot. I mean, I don't think I've discussed on the last episode. I don't know, because we've obviously seen each other since that. And we've discussed about a lot of things. I can't remember if we discussed this over a, a pint down the pub. We were outside. Uh, or I did, but I've been watching a TV show on Amazon called Them. Which is very good. Really? What's it about? Literally about a set back in the 60s and a black family are moving um, to, uh, I think it's Los, Los Angeles. And they're like the first black family on the street. But there's obviously a history with them. There's a story running with that family. And also it's uh, there's a story of how disgusting racists can be. Um, but it's really interesting. It's so beautifully shot. Um, and I've watched the first couple of episodes and it's really, really good. I think you'd like it. It's got like a thriller vibe to it or? Um, a little bit, but it's got more of a horror kind of edge to it. So it's mm. definitely, definitely horror. Cool. As well. But yeah, definitely, definitely check it out because the first episode is pretty eerie, man. But you definitely dig it. Definitely. Yeah, um, you dig it. But yeah. It's it's very, very good. What what have you been doing? What have you been doing with your week? I know you've been watching quite a few things, haven't you? Well, as promised, I did spend fifteen ninety nine and went and watched uh, Godzilla vs. Kong on Amazon and was not disappointed. So I'm glad someone had a good time with it. Lots lots of fun with that. Monst you know, Kong versus Godzilla. Kong Dong versus Big, big Godzilla Dong. Fucking monsters fighting. Fighty 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 monsters. Loved it. And spoilers here, you know, even uh, we get a little taste of Mecha Godzilla, which, oh. which was interesting. I mean, as I say, spoilers, it was kind of in the trailer, it's kind of hinted at in the trailer, but um, yeah, it may honestly, I absolutely loved it. I love big fucking monsters fighting each other, Pacific Rim, <laughs> all of the fucking things. I just love it. You know, I'm a sucker for it. It's I, like, it's up there with X-Men. I'm probably the only one who likes them, but. I don't care. Sue me. I like some of the X-Men movies. <laughs> there was um, a little sort of family fun movie that I watched um, as well. Uh, Love and Monsters, which popped on <sighs> Netflix. I really want to see it. I just haven't got around to it. I've, I've been waiting for it for about six months. And it drops and I just ain't got the time to see it. I need to sit down and watch it. Good because... fun. And I think you could watch it with the kids. I don't think, you know, there's not much swearsies and stuff like that. And it, but, you know, there's a couple of um, freaky little moments and stuff. But it's good good fun. Mo- you know, again, monsters. I saw it was um, trending, like, number one in the UK today. Yeah, it's smashing it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't really know what that algorithm means. But uh, no, it's certainly doing all right. Um, I'm just saying that is because it's knows that I've been wanting to watch it. <laughs> so, so it's put it there. <laughs> Um, and also, I watched the Oscar-nominated 
Or did it win? Oh, I don't know. Oscar winner. Or BAFTA winner, anyway. Promising BAFTAs have happened, yeah. Yeah, prom- Promising Young Woman. Yes, yes. You said, yeah. But yeah. So BAFTA was it winning. Uh, it Is was, it very horror, or...? Um, not as much as I thought it was going to be. Um, it sort of hinted that perhaps it was going to be have that whole serial killer vibe, which is yeah. not what I, which is what I was expecting. But it went somewhere completely different, in my opinion, um, to what I was um, expecting. It okay. was much more of a revenge. It was definitely a revenge movie, but a kind of specific revenge rather okay. than just like, um, you know, capping off like pervy fucking um, men all the time that had a specific aim um, and drive to sort of uh, to the character. And it was very good. She's very good in it. And mm. that's why I guess it's getting the praise. And Well, everybody's um, tipping her for the Oscar. It's the definite, aren't they? Well, and we get well, a lovely little... We got a little. We get a cameo from Schmidt in there from New yeah. Girl. Yeah. And also, um, what's his name? Oh, uh, McLovin, isn't it? McLovin's in it, but I wasn't going to mention oh, it. Right. Okay. It was, um, oh, the producer from Glow. Oh, the, the, he's a stand-up comedian, isn't he? In real life as well. Is he really? I mean, yeah, he yeah. Got an, an interesting. Remember his name? Oh. Interesting role to sort of play in it as well. Yeah, yeah. I liked him in it. Uh, very much. It was just. It was. Um, yeah. It was really, really fucking good and good directorial debut. Debut. Debut from uh, or written. It was written by the woman who played Camilla in uh, The Crown. It's good. It's mm. cracking. I Definitely. did see a, a BAFTA speech. You should look it up on YouTube. It's funny. She she seems like a really funny person. Yeah, she does. I mean, I had a plef- You know, really good cast. Alison Brie. Was in there as well. She always pops up in a good one. Oh, so it's got like a connection to Glow. Maybe she, maybe she wrote or directed an episode of Glow or something. Then maybe Adam Brody was in it. So it was fucking yeah. It was really really good. Really really mm. worth a watch. So that's that's awesome. Obviously I watched The Power and uh, Night of the Living Dead. So it's not been a it's not been a bad couple of weeks. And we got to go to the pub, didn't we? And we did get Which to go. Was. That was that was special. Um, but other than that, we can bring. We need to. I guess we need to talk about some news, mate. Yeah, yeah. Should we? Let's let's go one on one. Let you do a bit, and then I'll do a bit. So okay. I don't want to steal all your news and stuff. <laughs> I'm sure we've got some cross crossovers. It's gone topsy turvy. So our first bit of news I'm going to bring to the table is the Slumber Party Massacre remake. We reviewed this movie. Yeah. Um, a couple of uh, episodes ago. And they're doing a remake, which is coming to sci-fi this year, from the Banana Splits movie director. They've obviously been listening to our podcast, Paul. Obviously. Um, There is a a market for a remake. I'm really not sure how that's going to play out in modern times, mind. I mean, that movie is quite singular in its approach. Uh, Do you you think they're going to change it all up and make it all, like, uber PC or what? Ah, there, there, there won't be as much. There won't be as any nudity, I imagine. And, <laughs> um, and I imagine they might eliminate some of the the more pervy elements. But I guess the premise, the crux of it. I mean, he was such. The thing is, he was such a weird guy yeah. for a killer. And it's like to if they make him more than that than he actually is. I want him to be. He has to be shit. But they could. I mean, you know, the premise is there. Quite easy, really, isn't it? You know, stick a load yeah. of stick a load of well, is it stick a load of girls in a 
I don't know. It's like this day and age. I don't know how it's going to work. Don't know. It's an exploitation. It's an exploitation movie. So unless they go balls deep, maybe they'll flip. uh, Maybe they'll flip the gender roles. Like the the killer will be a woman, and and it'll be the boys having a slumber party, sleepover, boys sleepover. Yeah, (laughs) young boys. Um, in sleeping bags. Yeah, I did catch something on um, that I thought I'd pick out from bloody uh, disgusting. Yeah. Um, I watched a trailer called um, for a movie called The Lockdown Hauntings. Oh, I saw it. Isn't it got um, Candyman in it? Yeah, Tony Todd is Tony in it. Todd, yes. Um, it's a supernatural serial killer movie. Um, Harold Howard J. Forbes is the director. Um, director of 2010's mo- zombie movie The Dead. Um, and it's it's it was set and shot during lockdown. We were expecting some of these movies. You know, we had Host last year. Uh, we we're expecting some of these movies to come out. The trailer's quite grainy. It's quite low budget, clearly. But I don't know. Some of it looks really, really creepy. Mm. Um, and I, I'll accept. I think I, I, w- I would expect to see this sort of thing at Fright Fest. But it's going to be out quite soon, I think, in May. It's got a May, a May uh, Dio, a digital on demand release. I don't know what platform it's coming on. There's so many at the moment. But I think... I think that'll be worth a watch. Sorry, I did take two then. That's all right, mate. Um, no problem. I will let you go. So, um, have you seen the tra- trailer for Conjuring The Devil Made Me Do It Yet? Uh, Drop yeah. the day. And we're recording on the Thursday. So, what do you think? I'm excited. What? There was some, I mean, I don't know, man. It's like There's the last. A lot of trailer as well. Not, I won't not. be watching it again. I literally thought I'll just watch it once, just let it wash over me, and then I'm not going to go back and watch anymore. There was a lot to take in, and they did give you a lot. And I was like, okay, I kind of, I, I like you said, there's too much. And I was like, okay, I understand the gist. Um, and there's a, you know those shocking images and stuff. That I'm hoping I'm going to forget about because it's out. It's got a release date as well, hasn't it? June second. June second. Very so. soon. Oh, it's not that far. Yeah, fingers crossed. Cinema watch. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, same. I think the trailer made me excited, and it's like it's one that obviously we have to see in the cinema as well. It'll just be nice to go back and see it because it just has to be the jump scares for the eeriness of it has to be done. And yeah, I really can't wait for that. Really excited. Would you like me to do another bit? Yeah, you yeah? can't run, mate, because I'm, I'm, I'm out. There's a, a little bit of Stranger Things news that I read that was a little bit upsetting. I was like, oh, no. So, <clears throat> apparently, in an interview with Finn Wolfhart, is it Wolfhart? Wolfhard? Wolfhard. Yeah, the, the, he claimed that Netflix, um, not Netflix, he said that basically he doesn't think that um, Stranger Things will be hitting this year. It looks like it'd be like next year, which I was good. I was hoping it might be coming October, really, like around Halloween would have been nice. But um, yeah, interesting though. <clears throat> I don't know if we talked about this before, but apparently this season's cast includes Robert England, who will be playing Victor Krell, a disturbed man who is imprisoned in a psychiatric hospital for a gruesome murder in the 1950s. So. Their casting is obviously amazing, but getting Robert England on board sounds fucking awesome. That's a big pull. That's almost as big as his his career in V. But, yeah, happy with that. So that would be cool. 
And the last bit of news I thought we might want to quickly just run <clears throat> quickly run through uh, the 2021 Fangoria Chainsaw Award winners. Oh, I was hoping you were going to bring that <clears throat> to the table. So, shall I go through them? Do you want to have a guess who won on each one to make it a bit more interesting? Okay, go or on. Want, or shall I just rattle through the winners? Up to you. No, no, no. Let me have a guess. All right. So, I'll do a couple. So, best wide-release movie. Freaky, Gretel and Hansel, The Hunt, Invisible Man, or Underwater? Well, the only one that's probably worth a shout there is The Invisible Man. How dare you? I loved Underwater. Yeah, but... Imagine D1L's probably won most of it, hasn't he? <clears throat> well, you're right. That's Invisible Man. Well done. Has he literally cleaned, cleaned slate? With the best wide-release movie, yeah. But there's okay. quite a lot of different other... So, best limited-release movie... Colour Out of Space, uh, The Dark and the Wicked, Possessor, Relic, and The Wolf of Snow Hollow. Which do you think won? Oh, the host's not in there, is it? Um, okay, so Colour Out of Space? Correct, well done. Yeah, that's the only one I've seen. I've <laughs> <laughs> never <laughs> seen Possessor. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Why just... And Relic. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good memory there, bud. <laughs> Best first feature. This one's an interesting. Amulet, Come to Daddy, Dead Dicks, Extraordinary, and Sea Fever. Which we I mean, not. I I love Sea Fever. I really hope Dead Dicks win, but I'm probably going to go <laughs> um, Come to Daddy. Elijah. Correct. Fucking look at it. Wow, you're good I, at this. I could have fucking written this. Now here we go. Best streaming premiere movie. Well, that's host, and I don't need you. Don't need to do multiple choices. It's got to be host. Okay. Go on, go, go through the list. Go through the list. Anything for Jackson, the Beach House, his <laughs> house, host, oh, yeah. mortuary collection, and run. See, his house got a fucking uh, BAFTA knot in it. Two BAFTAs. Ooh, two BAFTAs. I still think host because of the fucking amount of absolutely. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, it has to be host. Well, this might be a tricky one for you. Best international movie. Mm. Baccarat, which is apparently meant to be amazing. Blood Quantum. I think you've seen that, haven't you? Blood Quantum. Yeah, that's the one with that. We've both seen that, haven't we? I didn't oh, no, I no, I watched that. it. Yeah, I know. I remember. It was all, that was awesome. <laughs> Impetigore, uh, La Llorona, and Sputnik. I don't know. Curse of La Llorona? It's oh, not Curse of La Llorona. The one we, it's a different one. This one's a different story. Well, my Blood Quantum, then. No, it was La Llorona, but it's, uh, I think it's another film, but it's... Uh, um, Based on the same sort of um, yeah. law. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Best series, Dracula, The Haunting of Bly Manor, Hellstrom, Lovecraft Country, and What We Did in the Shadows. I Lovecraft Country. No, it was What We Do in the Shadows, which I still haven't seen yet. Season two? Is that season two? Uh, I would imagine it's... First one? No, because the first one's ace. I've seen the first season, so it must be season two. I must admit, I didn't even know there was a second season, so that's bad. All right, I'll be going checking that out then. <clears throat> um, best lead performance. Um, there was quite a lot of uh, nominees. There's absolutely there's about 20. But I'm right. just going to tell you the winner uh, was Elizabeth Moss for Invisible Man. So, like I said, Invisible Man cleaned but up. But there were a lot of nods in there for a lot of films that we reviewed, which was cool. She deserved that. I mean, the other, you know, the, the lady from his house. Yeah, she was up there as well. Um, best support performance. Again, there was a lot of people, but Clancy Brown won it for the Mortuary Collection, okay. which I still haven't seen yet. I really need to watch. 
Uh, best director. Lee Wanell. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> best screenplay. Don't know. But just say the same name. Is it Lee Wanell? Correct. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is what's interesting. Best score. So we've got um, His House, Gretel and Hansel, The Dark and the Wicked, Possessor, um, and The Empty Man. Well, we liked um, we liked Possessor score, and we liked His House. So, mm. and I think His House was the score was nominated. So I'm going to go for His House. Oh, Possessor! Really? Yeah, probably won it. That's surprising. Okay. So this one's one that we will probably um, we talk about quite a lot in, uh, on the podcast is best makeup effects. Yeah. So we've got we've got uh, Alteron Studios for Freaky. Uh, Amalgamated Dynamics for the Mortuary Collection, Liz Byrne for Gretel and Hansel, Paul Jones for Random Acts of Violence, and Dan Martin for Possessor. Mm, I mean, I thought maybe that other movie that we watched, what was that fucking creature feature we watched earlier in the year? That was great. Can you remember that? The one the, set on the island? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good, that. Yeah. I can't remember the name of that. Let's go Dan Martin in. Absolutely. Are you in? We had him on the podcast. <laughs> Go and listen to that episode because it's a really good episode. Um, yeah, best creature feature. Okay. <clears throat> so we've got Jim Henson Studio, Come Play, uh, David Marty and Monty Ribe for His House, Dan Martin for Colour of Space, Colour Out of Space, Eric Porn for The Wretched. Wretched, was that the film you were on about? Uh, nice. Cliff Wallace, Amulet. Wretched was good though. Wretched was good. I'll go for Colour Out of Space. Dan Martin, Colour Out of Space. It's fucking, uh, right. it's the llamas, wasn't it? The llamas. Yeah, I, did, oh, I, did, I did tweet him a uh, congratulations tweet for no, doing I, such a good job. I could have cheated him. <laughs> and the achievement in non-fiction um, was, is basically loads of just like, um, like programs and things but the last driving with joe brig joe bob briggs was the winner of that one and that was it but that's big in america we don't really get it over here so uh, they're starting to drop on shudder so god knows mm. that is but, um, but well done to lee while now well yeah. done to uh, dan martin that was great good to see one of our own brits winning loads of awards and he's fast becoming like literally one of the best special effects makeup artists in the business which is awesome Fucking yeah. <clears throat> Have you got any other news, bud? Sorry uh, to take up so much time. Yeah. No, no, no. The only other thing I can uh, bring to the table is was worth talking about is May 17th, I think, is a big date for everyone, isn't it? Or no, this is... Um, sorry, this is May 14th. So, s- season two premiere, Friday the 14th of May, for Love, Death and Robots, season two. Oh, yes. I mean... The first one's incredible. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, get out there and bloody don't know what you're doing with your life. The fucking animation in some of these is exquisite. And there's comedy, um, horror, fantasy, sci-fi. It just goes through all the fucking... uh, I mean, there's one one about werewolves, you know, werewolves in Afghanistan. That was fucking incredible. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. That was quality. Yeah, there's the the vampire one, which is fucking nuts. Mate, honestly, it's absolutely... The, the 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 incredible it was like that one in set in space um it was called beyond the aquila rift which is fucking incredible the 
first one that they brought out was Sunny's Edge, which was like um, that sort of monster fight where she and, you know, and it, that that was just like full on lesbian nudity in the first fucking episode. And you're like, and the animation is just nuts with all the blood, the gore. It's just absolutely incredible. I was so blown away by it. I've watched it through fucking quite a few times. Um, even that last one, the last episode, Secret War, with the Russians, um, and they sort of stumble upon the gate to hell and they're blowing away all those oh, fucking yeah. people. Yeah, I remember. It's just incredible. I can't, I've seen the trailer for season two. <laughs> Again, you know, there's just a lot of good animation. You can't really work out any of the stories, but I'm just like, bring it on. I can't wait for this. May is looking like, a fucking really exciting month for stuff. Mm. I, I, one thing about love, uh, death and robots, and it's like it's like some of those things. I I can't believe that they haven't made it into like a full feature length film. I know. Like I don't know what's going on with people. I'm like, man, that would make such a cool feature length film. Like even if it's not animated, if you tried to do the effects and like some of the stuff, it's just unbelievable. Like the story, every, like everything, everything comes together, isn't it? There will be something for everyone out of any, everything. If you don't like one, you'll probably like a different one. You know, I liked every single one of them. I yeah, I did. I did. But, you know, there's, there's something for everyone. Um, definitely go and see that if you haven't watched it. Because it's amazing. Indeed. All right, then, dude. Let's get on to our main review. Let's do it. Of your community. Thank you for choosing me. I require discipline. Stick to your rank, never question an order. Yes, matron. I won't keep you if you don't fit. We have to move nearly all the patients out because of the cut tonight. You will stay on. The dark shift. Does the dark bother you? A place people die in should never be allowed to get that dark. So this week we are, well, we went to Shudder and the movie is called The Power. So in 1973, a young nurse is forced to work the night shift in a crumbling hospital as striking miners switch off the power across Britain. But inside the walls lurks a terrifying presence that threatens to consume her and everyone around her. So Paul. Gonna put it over to you. Is it the power or the poo poo? I think it's more the power. I mean, start, starring. I think it's more the power. More the power. The pa- more power to Rose Williams, who plays Val, and sort of the, uh, is our lead character. Um, Val is a, I don't know, a very sort of timid. Um, I don't know. I want to say slightly repressed, but nervous, sort of having a start as a first sort of careering a nurse. Something's yeah. you can see clearly that something's happened to her in the past, and she's trying to move away from it um, with a career. And it's sort of like some of the people she goes up against are sort of like not completely helping her on her journey. Mm. It's, it's a really interesting story. Nineteen set in nineteen seventy four, East London. Really interesting era. I don't really it's like... fucking scary that five years later I was born. <laughs> I, don't, like... I don't really like era movies, you know this, and I was a bit... Ugh, when I saw it, and I was like, oh, God, this looks like it's set in the fucking 
I don't know, just after the easy, war. Easy. It, just, it, it didn't, it didn't, didn't float my boat to start with. I said, no, come on, this is not, it's going to be good. Okay, I haven't watched a movie set in this era for so long. I haven't seen anything like it in terms of the idea, the idea behind it is, um, is sound as well. Obviously there were rolling, you know, there were these blackouts that they'd have every night. Um, as well during the economic recession back in the 70, 74. So this is like, you know, true to what was going on in the time. It's just so interesting to kind of pick that moment in time and then build the foundation of this movie around it with the, um, not just, you know, a possession movie, but something more again. Um, and it, and I felt that it really worked. Um, as the whole story together, like not just the fact that there was this sort of creepy moments of, um, you know, pulling different uh, parts of her and all this sort of stuff like this. And like, you know, those sort of like dodgy scares and stuff that build up into something incredible. But it had a real depth of um, storytelling to it as well, which I really got on with. I liked the twist. I liked. Um, yeah, I liked a lot of it, to be honest. What about you? At the start, I thought exactly like you. Um, I was like, I just, I'm like, it was telling me all the things that I've seen before, showing me all the stuff that I've seen before, and I was just like, ah, oh, I know, I don't know if this is going to be a good watch, because I was just like, I just, I don't know, it's just first kind of ten, fifteen minutes, I was just like, ah, is this going to just be like a, a really ropey kind of not being able to quite see things kind of like really slow paced movie and I was just like oh no and then it just kicked off um and you're right it's just well for me like the way where it was filmed is that I think for fairly I don't think it was a fairly massive budget it was a very small cast um I thought they did a fucking brilliant job on finding a location that, that looks like it is from that era like hospitals did look like that um because i mean like like i said i was born what five years later and they didn't change much in those five years it was, it, they were all hospitals were shit they were bad um but yeah it, i just i it got to a point a certain point for me um where i was like wow now you've got my attention uh, and that bit was where they got to the kind of one, I don't want to say possession, but demon overtaking or ghost overtaking her. And, um, that scene for me was amazing. I thought that was absolutely amazing. And the actress, forgive me, who plays Val, I can't remember her name. She did absolutely amazing. I don't know whether that was actually her or whether it was special effects, or, but. The way she was moving and the oh mate, it freaked me up. It freaked me out. It put my yeah, hairs on the back of my neck. We've seen those sorts of moves and epileptic sort of like um yeah. possession moves that sort of like body, but they didn't put the sound that crap sound effect which I don't yeah. like on there. Yeah. They did very much more with the movement and the sound effects didn't didn't need to be there. And mm. um, you could see the sort of like this this disjointedness and it just worked. It was just enough. I thought and it really creeped you out and there was some good moments in it like even before that like mm-hmm. the whole idea of it being in pitch black and you know walking around with these sort of oil burner lights and stuff yeah. like that, when I don't know why they fucking didn't have a fucking torch but whatever it's 1974 it's not like 
with like the, 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 I think like, some of them did the, like that bloke yeah, had a torch, yeah, and had torch. but I'm saying yeah, it was a lot of money in those days you know batteries weren't like they are nowadays but yeah, true true they're probably really expensive <laughs> it was I mean the reason they, it was they had to you know the whole city had to um, turn off the lights and stuff mm-hmm. like that at night it was just a really creepy idea and stuff like that and it's clever because uh, I've never have really those heard sort of, of it yeah, and have those subtle sort of moments where, you know, her bits, her clothes gets pulled and all this sort of stuff. And there's mm-hmm. something there and all this is sort of teasing her. And it's like, is it out to get her? Is it out? To, you know, it was just really interesting. Um, I mean, the whole concept of it is the fact that she's come from a a home, essentially. And she's yeah, had we to, are going to talk spoilers, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. And she gets she's obviously been a part of possible what i understand is probably some molestation and molestation and stuff in her past um and then it unravels i suppose into a story similar to what's going on in the hospital which is quite disturbing um but at first you think i suppose when it's all happening i was thinking okay you know this is a ghost or a demon it's seen and i was like you know you usually get this with a demon but it's a ghost that's possessing her and making her do all these things you get this great little cameo role, or I suppose maybe a bit more than a cameo role from Emma Emma Rigby from Hollyoaks. Yeah. We remember yeah. Hollyoaks. That's a little treat, wasn't it? As Babs, great, you know these great seventies names, Babs. And um, you I know, reckon she based her character on Barbara Windsor as well, yeah. where she was acting. But you get this sort of like I don't know, this moments and stuff like that. Um, this really with, with um is it nev the oh god yeah a weird like porter guy kind of like yeah you know. <laughs> we will discuss it it, do, it does have that like little theme of like of of um kind of like women women yeah. subservient still yeah i mean he he was obviously a, a some kind of pervert who was trying to bang all the nurses which we've got to talk about his little room yeah, I want to talk about that random scene of suddenly like, it was like a montage of them suddenly like list, dancing to Nev's like radio. Him and, oh yeah, him and Babs, and it's sort of like, and then there's like a weird moment between them where they're gonna fuck in front of Val, and I'm like, what is going on? And it's like, and then she looks shamed, and it's like, ah. it was so weird. It was just like out of nowhere. There's this like really weird montage of them dancing in a wheelchair to this really sort of like proper 70s music. I mean, you would have heard it on the podcast because I'll be fucking finding it. <laughs> but it, yeah, because it, it quickly takes, yeah, it's really weird. I think it's just, obviously it's showing it like how it can turn from being all light and just turn suddenly. And obviously this guy is a total perv. Uh, they they go into this like little, this little room and he's just got porn pictures all over the walls. And, and that's totally acceptable for the workplace back then. Obviously, it was. I mean, like when I used to go to work, blokes had pictures like that all over their lockers. And page, was, three, page three of the Sun and Daily Sport and oh, that all that. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, but the, the the biggest thing about his office was he had his little wall of shags of all the nurses that he'd like. Literally, about thirty up there of little Polaroid pictures. Must be on big money if he's got a Polaroid camera. That's for sure. In them days, um, <clears throat> but yeah, bit freaky, bit weird. But he was an horrible bit bloke, wasn't he? Yeah, well, he sound, he was kind of part and parcel with the reason why this mm. ghost is 
possessing our uh, our lead Val. Um, you know, she the, the the ultimately the ghost is out for revenge. Hmm. Uh, you know, something's happened to this poor young girl. I think it is. I think it's a young girl yeah, that's possessing us. She's an angry spirit, and she's just getting this chosen this night to get her revenge on people, hmm. the ones that ignored it, and the ones that participated it, and we get to learn and stuff like that. Um, who is part of this? You know, part of all of this. You know, Nev gets corrupt. Get on fire, poor Babs gets the fucking eyes stabbed out that we don't really see. It's uh, all a bit of Jim, Jim will fix it, if you ask me. Yeah, very much so. It's um, a bit of dodge. Um, but, you know, he gets a few moments, like you said, we get that good physicality, good, and then we get a couple of good, not too much blood, but some. I mean, there's that bit where he stabs, she stabs him, puts him in the face. Fucking <laughs> bit crazy. And another another moment where someone like leaps out of a window. That was a bit of nuts. But there, but there was some blood, wasn't there? There, you know, she gets covered in it at one stage and stuff. The, yeah, I mean, there's there's one bit that confused me a bit because I thought, oh, that's going to come back. Is the Irish nurse literally just goes, "I'm out. This shit is just too freaky. I'm getting out of here. See you later." And then she disappears. I was like, oh, she's going to get killed, or she's going to come back later, or something. But she just literally disappeared. She's like, I quit. See you later. <laughs> Which was really weird because I thought that maybe there might have been a deleted scene where maybe she gets it or something. Um, but yeah, it's also eerie because the ward she has to work, work on is like the intens- intensive care ward. So all the, the, the people that are in there are literally sedated on, on life support machines. And that's a little bit weird as well. The fact that this is all going on in there. And they're kind of led there. And also when they bring, like, literally, there's a baby care unit where they, like, bring up the the maternity, the babies from the maternity ward. They're all in one room. It's like, and that threat, when she turns into whatever she turns into, is like, oh, my God, keep her away from the babies, man. It's like, oh, I thought something really bad was going to happen, but they didn't go there, thank God. I thought we were going to get a baby killer moment, but we didn't. Um... (laughs) But we did get, I thought it was weird. When she first got possessed, um, I thought she got diddled by the ghost. I thought she was getting diddled by the ghost. Did that, I don't know if you, you know. I did not think that. No, she was like going around and that, that ghost was sort of pushing her against the wall and stuff like that. And then she looked, she, think, come, she came think, out all disheveled and I was like, oh, fuck, has she been fucked by, is she either been fucked by Nev or the ghost? Christ. But obviously we know yeah. that she's probably set fire to Nev or something like that. Yeah, I it was it was it was kind of clever as well because like you can see she's trying to hold the the demon or the ghost back by like really trying to stop herself like punching things and holding on to shit to try and stop this guy. I thought that was quite a good little touch as well because um, it, it was interesting. But yeah, the effects were really really good. What about the um the little twist? Because we the only person that was ever nice to her at the start was this was this doctor who mm. sort of like had her back. I'm really annoyed because I was like, when it got to the last kind of twenty minutes, I kind of figured it out a little bit, and I was just like, mm, there's got to be some dodginess here. Like, and then when he came back into the room, and it was just like, ah, no, nah, he's definitely involved in this shit. I didn't quite know to what what extent, but it was a clever little twist, I thought. Because all through it, I was thinking, why is it... I mean, I get... Okay, it's called The Power, 
and it's like a power cut. But what more does this title mean? Because it can't be just because of... Otherwise, they would call it, like, the power cut or something, which I thought was quite interesting because it's the power cut with the power. And then when we get to the kind of end scene, there's, that explains more, ah, the power. Right, I now get it. Yeah, a big disparity between doctors and nurses back in the day. Very much... Um, you know, they had a matron and they had nurses and then who would, the matron would be the one that should talk to the doctors and the doctors would never really confer with the nurses. He was sort of breaking that stereotype a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, they were very much just like a nurse was like, you're a, you clean shit. And even though we know now, we know more now that, uh, nurses are pretty much the backbone. So. Um, that was, and they got a voice. <laughs> so yeah, it was quite interesting in terms of, in that respect, in terms of what, especially what's going on now. But yeah, you're right. Very clever in terms of the name, the power and the, and, uh, the fact that the doctor turns out to be this fucking nasty, want to say pedophile molester, but he's pretty much, he's after her as well. He's wants to, he's basically trying to fuck yeah, her. Yeah, just a sexual fucking predator, isn't he? Yeah, and he's trying to steal the Sarge as well, and, you know. We didn't talk about the, the, the little girl that, the, the connection, this little girl that's alive, isn't she? What was her name again? I can't remember. Uh, Sabba. That's it, yeah. Um, she is obviously alive, and she's obviously a connection to it all, because she's there throughout the movie, and you know there's something some kind of connection with her as well. She she can't speak full on English. She can she can talk a little bit of broken English. Um, and it's really interesting. She has this kind of like, obviously, like a notebook that she's done scary fucking freaky drawings in, which was weird. But then, yeah, that the horrible pedo doctor is basically trying to steal her at the end and take her back to wherever he's taken her. Yeah. Oh, God. It's freaky. And then obviously she finds, she puts two and two together and figures out that he is a dirtbag. Total scumbag. And then she, fuck, he, yeah, and then we have that, like, you know, the crescendo and stuff like that, which happens. And it, you know, it was, it was decent. The music. The last scene alone I thought was fantastic. I yeah. really, really liked that. And that it was like, how are they going to finish this? I was like, are oh, they going to go down the route? They're just going to chuck him in the furnace fire or something like that. And they didn't, and it was just like I really enjoyed the ending. I thought it was class, classy yeah. and good. They tied it up quite well. I was quite pleased with how it sort of ended. So it was um, all in all and it not ends bad. What, twice. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's, a, there's a extra bits at the end, which is cool, and it kind of ties it up neat in a bow. And I like that. I like that. They have balls to just go right. We're going to do this. Well, not completely in a bow. We still don't know what's happening with the ghost. The ghost is still doing its thing. I think the ghost isn't going to be disappearing. It didn't do like a oh I've got my revenge. Um, I'm fucking off like that sort of moment. It's definitely staying around to play some more shit. I figured. Maybe it's hanging hanging around that hospital. Okay. And Sabra and Val are doing one. They're fucking on the run. Because <laughs> so I thought that yeah, at one point I thought they were just going to go on the whole route as oh we're going to put her in a mental home and then at the end. Um, but I'm glad it took that choice of, of what it did. The story was good. Um, I thought the acting was superb. I thought the use of the low budget was superb. I really, really enjoyed it. And I, I, I'm glad that you picked it because it, it was a really good movie. Yeah, not one I'd usually go for. I'd jump into, especially the era, but I'm glad we watched it. I'd um, 
recommend go and watch it on Shudder if you've got it, if you've got the subscription. I don't think you'd be too, um, I think you might, you know, you could explore this one and enjoy it. Do it. What would you rate this one then, Matthew? I think I would rate this seven breaths out of ten. Yeah. And I'm okay. really interested to see what the director does next, actually. Corinna Faith. Mm, I'll give you a seven. I'll give you a seven. Throw you a seven back. Did you oh. notice the Stephen King reference? The, oh, yeah, sorry, we didn't talk about that. So this movie was set in 1974. Um, that was the, this was the year. 73, that, um, wasn't it? No, this was the year that Carrie was released. It was 74. So Carrie was released in 1974. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had a hardback first edition, first print, by the way. Mm-hmm. I did my little bit of research on this because I looked at that and I was like, I have never seen that cover to Carrie because obviously my mum had a, a copy of the book back in the day and she had a paperback. Yeah. So she had okay. a, black, a black cover with Carrie's face on the front. Yeah. Um, this one was like a weird one. I was like, oh, I've never seen that. So I started scrolling through, found mm. it. And it was a first edition, first print in very, very good condition. So yeah. It must have had a time machine because it wasn't out. It was what, sorry? It wasn't out. They made it was out. It boo-boo. It wasn't no, it was 19... 1973. The book came out in 74. No, no, no. This movie was set in 1974. 73. Uh, where did you get that information from? IMDB. I don't know if I can argue this shit with you, because I, I wrote down... 19... Oh, right. Huh. So that's right why, because I read about it, because I was like, ah, oh, that's a good little nod to Stephen King. Then then in the in the trivia, it said... The book was out, like, the next year. And I was just like, ah, oh, they fucked up there. Oh, what a fucking boob. Ah, oh, okay. <laughs> you thought you had a fucking good one there, didn't you? Yeah, I just got fucking done. <laughs> <laughs> like a kipper. <laughs> That's me. I was fucking searching around for this fucking book, and I was like... Wait, now oh. you know how hard it is to do Matt's facts. <laughs> clever bastards alright okay I like that good good can't believe they fucking missed they fucked up on that that's a shocker oh, I hate now it's getting a fucking six okay let's uh, move on to our something to scream about what do you want from me why don't you run from me this episode so i'm screaming about we i've had a little thought and i was thinking about i don't know why i was walking the dog so <laughs> and i was thinking we haven't had a chat about pets and animals really in horror in general so i thought we'd have a little chat about our thoughts on uh um our, our, our sort of favorite little pets i suppose in uh like more domestic, I think we're talking about. I was, I would have given you, allowed you Gizmo, I think, as a pet as well. <laughs> but um, no. So, what's your fa- What's your favourite? Well, I think any film uh, generally gets better when an animal's involved. I think twenty percent better, especially when it's a dog. So, my first one is the dog from Lost Boys, Nanook. Ooh, okay. Uh, Alaskan Malmut. So he's like a big wolfy dog. And I fucking loved those dogs. I always wanted one when I was a kid. 
But I'm, I think I'm allergic to like long-haired dogs, so I won't be able to have one, unfortunately. But I always liked him because that bit where he protects like uh, Corey Haim in the bath when he's in the bath, and I like the way he's just by his side all the time. And then when Michael comes to try and attack him, the dog launches and like and like saves him. And I really like that scene. So that's my first pick is Nanook. I thought you were going for like we could go for Cujo, but I'm going to go for I might steal one off you. I think Jonesy from Alien. No, you haven't. You no. haven't stole it from me. He's I did. A... I did think about Jonesy, but He's I thought it was too obvious shit. for me. He's a shit. He's a shit. You know, he can't. He's he, shit. he almost fucks it up for her, but she, you know, really. But he's such a cool cat. Um, and he's a lovely yeah. ginger cat, honey. Jonesy the orange space cat, maybe the yeah. So it's he's got a job. He's not there to do nothing. He's there to sort the rats out. That's his job. Right, yeah. And um, scare the fuck out of everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he does pop up in the most run. Yeah, he pops up in really weird, really weird like the opportune times. I think mm. he gets a lot of screen time mm. for, for a cat. I thought. So yeah, I liked uh, I like the aliens at the start of Aliens, a little bastard. Yeah. I wonder if he still gets royalties. Or his owner does. <laughs> He's probably dead now. He, even with um like I've got the hot toys Ripley, he comes with her. And you get the cat the cat little basket and everything. He's <laughs> fucking awesome. He really, really is. But he is a dick. Because he yeah. runs on and she just has to go and fucking save his ass. And yeah. she just leaves him there, doesn't she? Not great. And then she has to go back for him. Yeah, which oh, is why he becomes, you know, he he's creates... The orig- he's the original Newt. <laughs> yeah, he creates a moment with me, and which lasts forever. So, yeah, that's mine. Fucking awesome pick, mate. Yeah. If I wouldn't have picked it myself. There you go. Brilliant. Good job. Right. Two? Well, you've got another one, have you? Well, this isn't necessarily a pet, but it's about animals in, in the film that really freak me out, and that is the chimps with the rage in 28 Days Later. <laughs> fucking scary man because yeah. chimps are fucking strong and you hear about sometimes they go nuts and they're really strong they can literally rip your fucking face off but that scene at the start 28 days later with the chimps like when they're just raging they're really fucking angry um to be in a room with them mate oh and they've got big ass teeth and that, that's that they're really scary and i just like i don't like that whole thing where the start of that and it's uh, they're just being experimented on and it's just like the way they escape and attack people it's just like freaky but yeah the fucking scared shit out of me I, I see your chimps and I'll raise you a runaway sled dog a runaway sled oh yeah from, from the thing you know yeah, and not really only that dogs. but when he gets put into the uh, the kennel mm. and then it assimilates with the other fucking sled yeah. dogs it's so oh, fucking the cruelest of the, all the moments with the dogs, it just fucking, oh, rips them apart and just makes it part of them. And they like, you know, head splits and all sorts of stuff. Fucking one of the best scenes in that movie with uh, with the kennel and stuff like that. When they oh, first yeah. see it, it will transform. Fucking, but, you know, it's a harrowing, a harrowing time because, you know, they're dogs. I don't want to see the dog. I don't want to see any dog die. No, because normally a lot of dogs get it, don't they, in movies? Yeah. Um, when they go out and they run off. Um, but which leads me on to my nice, my my next pick, okay. actually, my my last one, and that's Beast from The Hills of Eyes. Oh, oh, what a legend, Alsatian, isn't it, or German Shepherd? Yeah, 
watches his sister get killed, Beauty, and then he just fucking runs off and he literally saves them, really, because he attacks them and he's a fucking nutter and he stays by his own side right to the bitter end. Yeah, and he he lives. He's a fucking hero. A hero. And he gets his fucking revenge when his sister, because his sister gets killed and I like that. And he gets, and they put him in the remake as well, which was cool. All right, bastards. Uh, <laughs> the only good, the only good thing from I've this got movie, a kick-ass name as well. The only good thing from this movie. No, I'm joking. Oh, am I? Uh, uh, Prince from the People Under the Stairs. The big, oh. the big, big muscular rock, rock rock rider. Yeah, is owned by rock the Robinsons. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's a it's <laughs> not really. He's a loyal dog. <laughs> Fucking hell. Funny we picked a lot of dogs, though. Right, right. Well, maybe there's a reason for that. I, I picked a cat. But, yeah, he's a fucking legend. He's just, like, he's got such a fucking face and such a personality and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, he does, but the way he looks at the camera and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's some honourable mentions. We've got to talk about the cat from Pet Cemetery. Winston he, Churchill. He's, he's a badass. Fucking always scaring people coming back from the dead. Obviously, you touched on Cujo earlier. Yeah. Classic. And there's also, don't forget the dogs from Omen. Oh, they're freaky, those dogs from those Omen. They're well freaky. They're little bastards, aren't they? Oh, yeah. There's a lot, you know, you can say honourable mentions, the, the dog from the, um, the Cundrin, but, you know, it's another one that dies. Sad. <laughs> oh, I can't remember the dog from freaking Friday the 13th. There's a couple, actually. There's one in the later ones as well, but I think they both get it as well. Yeah, sad times. Well, any other honourable mentions? R.I.P. to all those <laughs> wonderful pets. Yeah, in horror. <laughs> <laughs> we re- we remembered you. <laughs> A nice little chat there about some pets and horror. Um, right, let's move on to our movie from the vault. Night of total terror. <laughs> Night of the living dead, the dead who live on living flesh, the dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. The living whose bodies are the only food for these ungodly creatures. Night of the living dead. A bizarre adventure in fear. An experience in shock, more shattering than your strangest nightmare. Night of the living dead. A night with the dead who cannot die. A night of total terror. Night 
the living dead. Okay, this episode's move from the vault is the 1968 first movie from Mr. George A. Romero. I mean, Night of the Living Dead. This is where it all kicks off. This is the first of the living of the Living Dead of the Dead series. It's you know this would spawn um, another five movies. Million movies. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. You know we could reel them off. But, you know the amount of like I mean this had its own remake. You know Dawn of the Dead, Dead of the Dead, Survival of the Dead, Diary of the Dead, Survival of the Dead. Flight of the Dead. There's fucking loads of the dead. Sean of the Dead. You know, we could just go on. One that'll be sometime we'll do that. A little quiz of the dead. <laughs> quiz of the dead, there's a new one. <laughs> this movie is about a ragtag group of Pennsylvanians who barricade themselves in an old farmhouse to remain safe from a horde of flesh eating ghouls that are ravaging the east coast of the United States. This is a fucking classic. And I, I mean, can you remember the first time you see this? Did you watch this before or after you saw Day of the Dead and Dawn of the Dead? No, I saw Dawn of the Dead was the first one I saw. And then I went out and got Night of the Living Dead on a really bad DVD. I think it's three movies, like, on one DVD. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, go on. It was like three movies on one DVD and it was shit. A shit copy. So, I don't remember the first time I watched this movie. I know that I watched it after Dawn. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I watched it before Day or not. However, I do know that I bought this copy of Night of the Living Dead in Cardiff when I was living in Cardiff. Which was in 2000 and 2004, 2005. Mm-hmm. So that would have been around the first time that I watched it. So quite late on, quite when I was like 20, 23 and stuff like that. Recommended, needed to watch it. I've got a fucking shit copy of it. Mm. But I managed to watch uh, the 50th anniversary version on um, Amazon. Cool. Um, There's a really beautiful. Criterion collection of the movie out you can get and it's beautiful it's got so much extras and the artwork on the front is fucking banging yeah because my, my one has like Lauren Laurel from Lauren Hardy on the front basically do you not think the first fucking the, zombie that we see the lead, zombie. the lead zombie who somehow makes it to the bloody end um, looks like Laurel from Lauren Hardy <laughs> it's incredible um, this stars the main, you know, the, our main two, um, Barbara, Judith O'Day, and oh. Ben, uh, our hero, Dwayne Jones. Um, this is probably one of the most awesome movies to come out of that era. I mean, we're talking the same year as Rosemary's Baby as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. the musicality to this has that real fucking B movie 50s. I did it my DIY sort of vibe. It's so fitting of the era, and yet it it's it works still today because it's just it's timeless in terms of the 
um that sort of i don't i would say even more so like sci-fi sort of sound to it there is that element yeah the weird kind of like weird sound that they use is almost like a computery sound mm. in the background now and again but then when it comes to like really serious big dramatic pieces it's almost like a hitchcock kind of sound like yeah full-on music comes on yeah all sorts of stuff going on really really big and kind of like because we haven't got that to that era yet where people started using electronic equipment but there is that slight start of it like you can hear in the background certain bits isn't it Uh, which was interesting and let's start off with you know the graveyard scene so which is like in how many movies i know it's it's like taken from everywhere and that they're coming to get you barbara (laughs) <laughs> like everywhere Classic, and right. Johnny is fucking creepier than any of the zombies <laughs> in this movie is with his big black specks and his white well I guess it's I guess it's blonde it must be blonde I and mean, it's black and white obviously this movie but yeah he looks like he's got blonde hair yeah really droopy hair and he's so <laughs> skinny and gaunt and he's so pervy with his sister I know they're sort of like playing around but it feels kind of very pervy still and he, with his black gloves on as well as driving gloves <laughs> he just looks very odd and very creepy it's very good um in terms of that and he's you know but he does come to his sister's aid when uh when the zombies sort of attacked her let's talk about these, let's talk about these zombies they kind of change uh very much through this movie you know we're, we're talking this is setting the foundation for a lot of this Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Dawn, they're quite shuffly. Um, they obviously they are their level of intelligence with bourbon stuff. They've got some kind of cognitive ability in this, haven't they? So yeah. to a certain extent, yeah, because it's not you... driven. Like you know, like Walking Dead, they are single minded, they mm-hmm. see something, they hear something, they point towards that direction and they get there and they don't stop until they see flesh. Mm. You know, mm. um, old matey boy, the first like Laurel, um, he's uh, <laughs> he's, he's <laughs> trying both doors. He's picking up bricks to well, break. You've got right at the start when he attacks um, what's her name, uh, Barbara. Um, he doesn't really attack her that way. He just starts clawing at her, and then when her brother steps in, it's just a bit of pushing. But then you expect, when you, her brother falls over and whacks his head, you think, ah, oh, he's going to start fucking eating him now. But he doesn't, does he? he no. continues after her. Yeah. So it's really weird, because you're right, because there's certain things they can do. It's like that they still can do, that they can still kind of pick up stuff and still kind of hit stuff with things, and which we'll get on to later. And yeah, it's, 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 it's like, I mean, essentially it's, it's a film that starts the proper rules for for the for for the foreseeable future isn't it i mean and they sort of break the rules within this movie as well like what we know um they sort of that's why it sort of evolves so so well throughout the years like Mm. even when you come to a point of like when like we said that that he didn't immediately you know munch on the brother that's because there was another distraction there is that and then later on with the 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 couple, Tom and Ju- Tom and Tom and Judy, mm-hmm. is it Tom and Judy? Yeah, yeah. When they get blown up in the car, um, 
they get, you know, the zombies then, when the flames go down, they're munching on them. Maybe it's budget constraints. Maybe because it's broad daylight in the cemetery, they couldn't get away with it. Maybe it might be that. Yeah, but it was just interesting to sort of like see where it sort of scapegoat. And there was the fact that they were scared of fire as well. Yeah. That was quite funny. But, yeah, uh, but I mean, it's like, I was supposed they've still got human elements. That's Maybe that's what he's getting to. It's like, we are scared of fire. We don't want to get burnt. So maybe they've got a memory of, they know that fire is harmful and it's going to burn them. In their memory somewhere, it's still stuck there. Because, like, your, your zombies in Walking Dead would probably just walk straight into it, wouldn't they? They wouldn't give a fuck. Yeah, this is true. And, like, whether even when they, like, they evolve, like, if you look at the evolution of them, like, obviously there's deterioration over time, so they are going to move probably slower when they have been around longer, you know, when they're in the um, the mall in Dawn of the Dead, they're very slow, ramble, oh, yeah, really slow. zombies. Um, but they still have that sense of purpose, mm. don't they? You know, the tambourines, the fact that they've come to the mall. Yeah. So we yeah. know that there's, and then, and then again in Day where they, you know, they get that ounce of intelligence and in, then later on in survival when there's even, you know, on the fucking march. <laughs> Yeah, so that's yeah. why I'm thinking like Army of the Dead is not going to be so far fetched, you know, when it comes out with Zack Schneider's and stuff. Maybe, maybe not, maybe not. Because yeah, but okay, so that was quite interesting. I like to talk about that. So, so farmhouse, yes, good option to hold up in. Well, there wasn't much. There's not really much option. She's fucked, isn't she? She's got no shoes on. <laughs> She's just crashed a car. She's got fucking Laurel from Lauren Hardy running after her. <laughs> and uh she's let's be honest barbara's pre- pretty pathetic i mean she's she has lost it when she got when she gets to that farmhouse she is fucking lost it she's lost her shit she don't know what's going on and i mean she's probably come from a like shouted life you know she's already kind of seems a bit disturbed i mean they're going to meet going to her father's grave so it's obviously a distraught day enough as it is. Just seen a brother. So kid. I suppose you could understand why she's. Uh, but like you're right. That. She's fucking hysterical, and it's it's funny in a way sometimes. And she's got good At hair. Some points, yeah. She's definitely definitely attractive, young young woman. Um, I kind of there was an interest bit which is, I thought again when we talked about the women. Um, earlier in the 70s yeah. and stuff like that, even more so in this one, mm. where women are kind of very much belittled, um, in, in this one, where there's a great line, um, in it, where they're saying, how can we possibly get out of here with a sick child and two women? That's Harry, Mr. Harry Cooper though, isn't it? Oh, Harry Cooper. Like, he's an absolute buffoon, isn't he? We can get on to Harry. Great fucking actor. Yeah. But, but he's a fucking tosser. We hate Harry. He's yeah. a dick. He ruins everything. Um, but yeah, when she gets into the farmhouse and, you know, we we get that I proper, think, proper, proper scary moment, I suppose. That's I thought, what I was just going to yeah. talk about, yeah. Yeah. I, I totally forgot about that bit, the stairs. Mm. And then when I saw it, I was like, fucking hell, can you imagine back then in 1968, that scene would have been pretty fucking gruesome. Yeah. And they used it. Tw- they used it twice, or yeah. maybe a couple of times, I think. So yeah, it's really proper freaky. One of the best bits of special effects, I think, in that you know that sort of big, you know, the dead, the dead farmer. I've got, I've got something interesting to tell you later on in Matt's facts about that. 
Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> What's that? I pretty much want to get on there now, but you know we'll talk about it. <laughs> um, and then we get a hero. You know, we get the hero. Yep. Ben. Ben, Ooh. yeah, turns up on the doorstep. We're talking right? about like the fact that you know these times. This is this is our pretty much our leading man, and he's black, which is awesome for those times. And obviously, George Romero, in plenty of interviews. <clears throat> didn't really even he didn't even think about that he was just like literally he was the best best actor that came through the doors and he got the role because of that um but obviously a lot of people do see it as quite a big changing moment in history um but for those times what an achievement to be like because how fucked up it weren't in the 60s for especially in that time we're coming in the time where racial equality was probably absolutely dreadful it was really horror is a great avenue for breaking yeah, stereotypes absolutely really. absolutely and this is one of the first the first times and and it, and what a fucking actor he is as well he, he just like kills it in this movie oh, he's just a... think, think about how much dialogues in the first what probably 35 minutes is not much at all yeah but it's all him because he's just he's yeah. talking to himself trying yeah. to entertain himself and, you know, he's got Barbara to deal with, but he's just, yeah. like, getting on with it, fucking fixing the house up, make, fortifying it, knocking out Barbara when she fucking gets to the <laughs> I thought that was just... Yeah, she started first, mate. I know, I thought so that was... Impressed. She did slap she did <laughs> it. Um, and, you know, tempers are running high, adrenaline, and he just fucking sparks her out. Yeah. I just thought, what the fuck? I mean, that was nuts. Because um, <laughs> usually in movies, like if the retaliation, if that's happened before, it's often a backslap or something like that. But he fucking <laughs> he just punched he it, it. her. No wonder she's not speaking again when no, she, she like, comes back. She was cool. He needed to like. He could have. Well, to be fair, he could have just slapped her. And you know, like I think, I've, yeah, he just had enough of her being. We've we forgiven him because of the adrenaline. Was come on, she didn't help him bang any fucking nails in hardly at all. She just sat there and fucking. Weirded out. Nor did the rest rest of the assholes in the cellar. Yeah. (laughs) Unbelievable how long they left them up there. They must have heard them talking. They know, we know they heard everything. And it wasn't until the radio got put on that they were like, ooh, radio. (laughs) (laughs) Tom and Harry, Harry Cooper comes up the fucking (sighs) stairs. What a twat. Immediately is confrontational and skittish and is not going to be the hero of this piece. He's going to be the the one who fucks it up. It's just one of those. He's one of those characters that you just see come back in films after this time and time and time again. Even in the zombie flicks, you know, even um, you know the the Dawn of the Dead remake with Sarah Polian. There's a twat in that as well. Always, always one bed. There's always one person that's trying to spoil it and rock the boat and is just like a, a total dick and that is in this movie harry cooper <laughs> yeah. but he's a great actor because like the way he acts and the way he talks to people i think he was one of the best actors in the room um compared to some of the others because some of the others are a little bit ropey yeah okay judy, judy. <laughs> poor judy <laughs> poor maybe judy. tom tom wasn't really didn't have that he much. wasn't the best no but we had, um, we had, you know, we had Ben and we had Harry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Harry's wife wasn't too bad, to be honest. She had a good little role. 
Yeah. Uh, and probably one of the best deaths in horror. To <laughs> yeah. But death by trowel. <laughs> death by daughter and death by trowel is fucking great combination. Uh, but again, that's that whole picking up a tool, not just going aimlessly and gnawing yeah. the flesh. It's, I'm going to fucking... Know that this is going to hurt someone. <laughs> I like the, the... I always forget about this, the, the fact they're called ghouls. Yeah, no, they're, they're not refer, referred to as zombies not not once, are they? No. So it's like, yeah. It's, and it's, it's interesting. And it's a scare. There's no start to this. It just happens. Hmm. That's uh, that's really really cool. No explanation. There's just um, recourse, I suppose, like um, reaction, and it, you mm. know you get the the men with the guns. Um, I mean, there's a great little plan and escape, you know. And, you know, you get that cool moment with the uh, with Harry throwing the Molotov cocktails way too close to the car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, they ain't gonna blow up the car. They're definitely gonna blow up in a minute. Jesus Christ. Obviously the plan goes awry. And then he's not allowed he didn't let him back in. And he gets knocked the fuck out as well. <laughs> he yeah. gets like, dirt back. He's getting punched and he just gets shot. Beaten to pulp. No, again it just it just it, every, again it just sparks off things for generations to come because that whole thing of the terror is outside but in fact, you've got the worst terror probably inside. You know what I mean? That human element is probably sometimes worse than what's out there. Yeah. Uh, and it just re- resonates in everything, you know, everything that gets made. Um, yeah. There's always that kind of side of things, which is interesting. Really interesting. Um, you got, um, you're not at the Living Dead t-shirt on? No, 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 I haven't. No. Does it say Ghoul? The, oh, this one is um, Ghoul Cemetery t-shirt. Ooh, that's really cool. Let's uh, go off there. But, um, yeah, I like that, what, what you just said. That was really cool, actually. Um, but the bloke on the TV with the bullets over his shoulder was fucking ace. <laughs> yeah. We get we get that sort of guy quite a lot, again, it's in a, uh, I mean, different movies. You've got to think as well, 1968, if you, if you as a child, because at the, at the time, I think the rating was so low that children could go and watch this movie... Can you imagine watching that movie and never seeing anything like that in your life? Like, mm-hmm. not knowing about zombies or... And then watching that, like, people... Like, dead people attacking people. Yeah, which especially, you don't really understand. Especially, yeah. Especially the scene where they get blown up in the car and then they've got all these body parts. It's horrific. <laughs> Playing around with intestines. Yeah. It's like watching that. I mean... I mean... Good job it was black and white. <laughs> it would have been even more horrific in colour. Imagine. But, yeah. It would have been awesome to see this in the cinema back in the day. But even watching it, I remember the first time watching it, it, it was still scary. Because you, you always think about putting yourself in that position, don't you? I mean, I know you do think about it a lot. And, and you know, but you do think about what, what would you do if you were in that position? Because it's like, yeah, they're slow moving, but when you get into a predicament where you can get out and there's a lot of them, it's just it's scary shit, isn't it? Agree. Agree. And they, I think uh, he does a good job. But when it all sort of starts going to tits up, when we lose we lose poor Barbara to Johnny, yeah. Johnny, come, Johnny comes back for her. Right at the end, like that whole time, and then right at the end she decides to get involved. Yeah. Here's <laughs> Barbara. And that, yeah, that was good. I liked that little bit touch as well, that 
you kind of find you 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 find out what's happened to Johnny. Which but we get that sort of like taking, you know, that that moment in Shaun of the Dead as well, when he sort of gets there and he gets pulled out the window. That sort of, mm-hmm. you know, there's this Shaun of the Dead's great for the 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 nods to Night of the Living Dead. Um, the he shoots Harry, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, I think um, I don't know if I missed a bit. I can't remember why. No, yeah, because basically he just he just has enough of him, doesn't he? And he's just like he's just gone one two step too many and he's just like he literally like has enough of him and shoots him because he's gonna i think he's gonna run back down to the cellar isn't he and lock himself in and obviously they're stuck including harry's wife <laughs> who yeah. hasn't died yet he, and she she doesn't seem that fucked when he gets shot either does she she's not that bothered they were trying to stop the zombies getting in they were on the brink anyway those two yeah, she was well over it. Like, he was punching above his weight as well. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> fucking Harry, what a fucking plum. Ugly daughter as well. But there you go. <laughs> God. But yeah, but that, not only that, so we get to that point and obviously he gets down to the cellar and then this is, this is I remember thinking, oh, that's a good little, little twist as well. Because they obviously talk about her getting bitten, don't they? The daughter getting bitten. Yeah. Um, and I... If I didn't have hadn't have known all the kind of zombie kind of stuff I did, I wouldn't have known that she was would have, could be changing into a zombie. I wouldn't have worked that out. If it was the first time I've ever watched this and not known about anything about zombies, so that that kind of twist where she turns and starts munching on her dad's arm was was awesome. Really, really cool. You know, yeah. kids, kids in horror are freaky. Yeah, definitely. And the slow ambling walk of the trowel is fucking fantastic. Really, really is. And he obviously comes down to the aftermath and has to take out the kid. The fucking dad wakes up. He has to take out the fucking Harry again and he has to take out the mum. It's like then he has to hold up in this, you know, room, hoping that he's going to get rescued. Yeah, yeah. And what happens, Matthew? <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's kind of... I don't know about you, but I remember the ending being far more drawn out like longer i couldn't remember it being so quick and sharp because obviously you know you've got all the locals which were most of them were actual locals from from that area um hunting down in packs hunting the zombies that or ghouls down shooting them out and then they get to the house and then you think yes he's got through all that ben is is going to be the survivor and literally, he's like standing at the window with the gun. He's not even really hanging out the window and doesn't say anything. And literally, one of the guys goes to take him out, going right between the eyes. Bang! They take out Ben and he's dead. Headshot. Now, we've talked about this moment. Hmm. And obviously, as a moment, outside of the movie, it's hmm. kind of poignant. Yes, know? absolutely. But in the movie... It's not as poignant. No. Uh, Bearing in mind, they didn't... They weren't checking. They weren't checking who they were shooting. They were just being mindless fucking idiots and just going around shooting anything that moved that wasn't with them. Mm. They had no, like, calling out, are you you alive? It was just like, oh, there's there's something moving, we're shooting it. Yeah, that's... There's loads loads of controversial chats and discussions on this, but... You know, George Romero said, you know, he's the man that made it. And he said, literally, this was, it was like, 
we we wanted to shoot it like that and it, it, it wasn't intentional that it was anything to do with anything else it was just like the hero gets to the end um the and and unfortunately he gets shot mistaken for someone else but there there is loads of things going about the the kind of racial thing and and you know the fact was it an accident was it intentional um but watching the film again that it, it does look like it's just they just are shooting everything they're just gunning people down yeah morons and know, i just they probably I, and it is probably you know there has got that racial undertone to to it but uh, you know i don't know it could it will mean something different you know mm-hmm. it's like they did they weren't checking on anyone that's all yeah yeah I mean, yeah, it's it's open to your own. I think it's one of those things, isn't it? Is, is, is it your own mind that wants to decide what happens at the end? But I just think it's so gutting. It's just like you just think, oh, shit, you know. This is our hero and he's fucking died. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just so quick. and so, it's just, It doesn't even get to say a word. But I just remember, maybe it's the remake I've seen where um, I think he comes out in the remake and he's shouting and he's... And, Basically, he comes out of the front door and they just turn around and shoot, like, properly shoot him. Right. Possibly it might be the remake that I'm thinking of that I've seen. But I just couldn't remember it being that sharp and that quick, but it's so subtle. It's like, oh, and then it just cuts to the credits and that's it. Yeah. It's like the end. And it's like, whoa. But it's not, it's, it's weird, isn't it? Because it's not dramatic. It's not like massive... You just expect it to be a bit of a more of a crescendo, a bit of a big kind of dramatic. Like, a bit oh, of a moment. But it's bang, bang, and that's it. Yeah. But it just shows how, I suppose, how fucked up it can be. But what a movie. What a yeah. movie. What a fucking movie. Oh, what a fucking movie. I think um, I am wanting to hear some Matt's facts from this bad boy I've seen a few uh, special edition you know documentaries on it but I'll be really interested to hear your facts okay um, well this is one of the most successful independent movies one of the most successful independent movies of all time um, it cost $114,000 to make okay so that would be the equivalent to nowadays of $847 on that was set in probably 20 around 2020 so that's how much it would be nowadays it grossed over 30 million and in today and today, in today's money that would probably be about 223 million wow so it's oh it's done over 263 times its budget or something like that <laughs> how crazy bad. is that so i suppose i don't know that's including like royalties and all you know films using it um all stuff like that as well i don't know but that's that's unbelievable so you know, that, that's how much and i think at the time because george a Murray was so new to it he literally didn't really see a penny of that because it, it all went to distributors because he didn't know about distributing that much so all he didn't really know about all that side of things so i don't think he actually made that much money i think they made all the profit off of it which is i mean obviously it paved the way for his career but how crazy is that it made that much money and he probably didn't get much of a seeing as that uh, which was which was pretty crazy now i'm going to read you something i had to take a little photo of it because it's um, quite a lot to read 
but I thought this was quite cool. Um, as George Romero explains in the directors and the directors, sorry, as George Romero explains in the directors, the films of George Romero, the day the final editing and voiceover dubbing was completed uh, on the 4th of the 4th, 1968, he and John A. Russo literally threw the film into the trunk of their car and drove to New York to see if anybody wanted to show it in their theatres, literally <laughs> as soon as they'd done it. But while driving through New York on the night of the, April the 4th, 1968, Romero and Russo heard on the news on the radio that Martin Luther King Jr. had been assassinated. How fucking crazy is that? That's fucking nuts. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? Just thought I'd, like, talk about that, because it's pretty crazy. Another thing, so the body upstairs we were talking about earlier, the creepy body, quite cool. So apparently George Romero made that. And really? It's got, yeah. And apparently his ping, his eyes are ping-pong balls. <laughs> How it's crazy really is good. that? It's really good. But, but if you look closely, you know when Ben goes upstairs to move the, the corpse? Yeah. If you look closely when he's pulling the corpse, um, you can see a lady's face. So they used the lady to stand in and he pulled the lady because you see her face. I was like, oh, that's bad, George. You should have covered her face because they try and cover her face up. But as he's pulling her away, you see kind of her face. Yeah. Which is quite funny. Um, Another thing I'm going to quickly read out. A screenwriter, John A. Russo, appears as a zombie who gets killed by Ben with a tire iron. He also allowed himself to be set on fire for real when nobody else wanted to do the stunt. George Romero <laughs> approved of his co-writer's zombie walk. And uh, he said, I was probably hung over, Russo stated, when he did it. <laughs> Which I thought was quite funny um, and crazy. Um, also, um, Harry Cooper did a lot of work on this movie. Apparently, he was like a makeup artist and he was the sound effects um, guy. And he did, you know, all the stills at the end, at the rear end of the movie. He took all those photos as well. Bloody hell. Which is quite crazy. Got paid for about four or five jobs then. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> there is a Savini connection to this because George Romero obviously wanted Tom Savini to do the the makeup effects, um, and you just think, oh, maybe he did, and I, th- I thought he did, but he didn't. Um, he was he couldn't do it because he was a combat photographer in Vietnam at the time. Wow. So obviously that's where he got all his kind of you know seeing it for real. Um, but yeah, he couldn't work on the film purely just because of that. Um, but you think if he was there, how you know how much crazier maybe what the effects would have been? Would yeah. be crazy. And the last little match fact I've got is while filming the final zombie attack scene, George Romero did not inform uh, Dwayne Jones Ben that uh, Kira Scon, which is Karen with the little zombie girl, would sneak up and grab him from behind, which resulted in an authenticated shock reaction from the actor, who was not expecting the child zombie. Romero also did this to Ken Foray during the filming of Dawn of the Dead when a child zombies attacked Peter at the airport office. I remember that. Oh, fucking hell. That's really cool. Yeah, so you obviously didn't tell him. <laughs> You're going to go <laughs> in that room over there and then these two fucking zombies <laughs> jump out. Uh, but yeah, there's absolutely... I could I could go on all night with facts, but I just picked out some really cool ones there um, because... But there is absolutely so much to this film um, is crazy 
But what a film, what a great movie, what what it spawned and its history that it's done. One of the best movies ever made, one of the first movies ever made, you know, so low budget at the time, groundbreaking. What so it has that DIY say? edge all over it. It's fucking fantastic. What 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 are you reading it then? It's got to be 10 breaths out of 10. All day. It's a 10. Totally. The grandfather of fucking uh, zombie movies. It's the, the start, the beginning. I'm sure people probably would say, no, there's other films and stuff like that. But... <laughs> <laughs> all day, 10 out of 10. I mean, yeah. Another great black and white movie. Yeah. All right, yeah. Enjoyed that. That was very that was good. Time. Away from black and white, Matthew. What are we doing? I believe it's your pick. Yes. So I do believe. I'm not sure if you've seen this. I haven't. Um, but on the next episodes, move from the vault. We are going to be doing the Spookies. <laughs> Never <fucking laughs> seen it. Not uh, right, but happy, it's got happy. a cracking cover, and I've always been intrigued. And I thought it'd be cool because next week, I think um, 101 Films are bringing out special edition Spookies as well. And I thought, I've never seen it. And I really You've got it on VHS, it. haven't you? I have got it on VHS, yeah. Okay, where can we watch this movie, Matthew? <laughs> on Blu-ray. Oh, I've got a buy well, shop. Monday. <laughs> okay. In all good shops. Matt's selling, using his uh, sales technique to... Um, let's have a look on Spookies. It's pro- mate, you'll probably get it on YouTube for free, I'm sure. Ooh, best of the worst. It's been, it's on a best of the worst. Um, I love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that, it's a comedy horror film. I don't really know much about it at all. I think. <coughs> I might be able to watch it on YouTube. <laughs> So, yeah, that should be good. Can't wait. I've never seen it. Don't even know what it's fuck is about. Happy spooky. So, yeah, that's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, dude, that's cracking. All right, another great episode. Um, So that brings us to the end of uh, episode 76. Yes. Um, And on to 77. We're going to bring you a new main review, which uh, we've got a couple in the bag. Hopefully they'll be out before the next episode. So we'll leave you wondering. Um, I'll have something to scream about. Um, maybe something really cool. I'll be discussing with Matthew before the next episode. I haven't even to- told him yet. And we'll be prepared. Trust me. It's going to be another long, We've long... got a board meeting. Yeah. There's going to be some interesting stuff coming. Yeah, trust me. Um, and then our move from the vault match just pulled. Spookies. What an interesting one that none of us have seen. Quite looking forward to that. And that brings us to the end, and there's only one more thing to say. When there's no more room in hell, here's another podcast. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. You can follow us on Twitter at DrawOneLast, Instagram at DrawOneLastBreath, or pop us an email at DrawOneLastBreathPod at Hotmail.com. <laughs> <laughs>